Hello, I'm Simon Farrell-Green, and I'm the editor of Here magazine, and we're delighted to be bringing you this series of wonderful New Zealand houses, along with our friends at Altham Window Systems. Over the next year, we'll be talking with top New Zealand architects about a recent design, learning how it came to be, and why the people who live in it love it so much. We'll have beautiful videos, lovely photographs, and some great yarns. But we're also going to feature a podcast with each project where I get to chat with the architect and hear the story behind the design. It's a chance for us to sit down at length and hear the full story. From the city to the country, from large and luxurious to small and clever, I hope you'll follow along with us as we explore these wonderful New Zealand houses. If you're at all worried about what townhouses next door might look like, you might want to take a look at the homes of Henry Says and his mother Maureen in Oinehanga Tamaki Makoto. On a site formerly occupied by a tired brick bungalow, Says has built two houses, one for his mum and one for him and his family, and there's one more site to be developed too. Maureen's house sits at the back of the site on a slight rise under a beautiful old Pahutakawa. It has a language of white plaster and black cedar, tall volumes gently washed with light. It's private and elegant. To tell us more, Henry Says of Says Studio joins us now. Hi Henry. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So um, tell us how this all all started, where, where you sort of started with this, this project. Um, well, we, we bought the site back in, I think, about 2016. Um, it's quite a large site, so it's about 1,100 square metres, and we bought it with the intention to build three houses on it. Um, and so far we've built two of them. And when did your mum decide that she, she might like to, to take one of them? Very, very early on, mum expressed an interest in, yeah. in, in building a house. And it's a project I'd always wanted to do. Um, so we, we kind of put forward our case of, um, you know, we do have a piece of land and, and she needed somewhere to, to live. And we were like, maybe, maybe the time is right to do it now. Right. Nice. Nice. So how much say did she get? How much input? Or, or what did she need out of a house? Yeah, well, I mean... A lot, a lot of what you do as an architect is, is try and understand things. And, and so I suppose briefs are one of those components where people try and condense down their ideas. The really nice thing about this project, kind of building for somebody you've known your whole life, is that you inherently kind of like, um, you understand them and you kind of understand what they're saying and what they're not saying. And so the brief she gave me was very simple. It was she just wanted, she wanted a bath and she wanted a fire and she wanted a table that she could have her whole family around to. And, um, and from there, it just kind of developed into, you know, what we're, what we're sitting in now. How did you make it fit with the area? Because it's, it's an old area, but it's, a, it's quite an established area, but it is quite varied, so... Yeah, so Onehanger is a really old part of Auckland. Like, there's a lot of bungalows and there's a lot of villas. And um, when we started this project, we were wanting to um, make this house feel like it belonged. To fit in, you don't need to be the same, right? Mm. You just need to kind of, like you need to be very kind of referential and aware of what's going on. So, so you're kind of right. I mean, you know, like most heritage houses will kind of, or especially these days are kind of like quite white and, and this house is, is black. And um, obviously the weatherboards run in a different way. But I, I think there's kind of like 
there's just an approach to to how we built and there's a scale of um the building in in its kind of like wider context that it makes it feel like it belongs um and you know the one thing we did do is we we did want it to feel like it was um you know like definitely a, a twist on things and so this building literally it does twist and crank to kind of like form these kind of like moments like mm. the entry and and the kind of like the conservatory out the back mm. Mm. the thing that i really love about it is because you've got this gable and then you've got the pop-outs and you've got lots of level changes in the ceiling above you it feels like there's 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 places where it comes down quite low over your head and there's places where it's really reaching reaching out it yeah it's a really dynamic kind of quality above you above you yeah yeah i mean the 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 plan and and the form and and how the form's manipulated um creates some quite nice varied and contrasted spaces in this project so it, it is a project which um it does benefit from from kind of walking around to kind of like understand those spatial experiences um and so although it may look like something that's kind of like quite open plan um when you are looking at it in a in a plan um this the section's working quite hard to to get the spaces to kind of have a bit of um bit of contrast and a bit of poetry to them mm. you get these really lovely and quite snug moments like the window seat and you've got the ceiling pulled right in you know below you sitting level with the, the top of the window you get that quite lovely enclosed feel to it yeah, you do. And, and I, th- I think the thing about having contrasting spaces next door to each other is, is they kind of start to define what the other space is. And so you kind of end up with, you know, some, some high, you know, 3.6 metre high glazing and then you end up with a nook behind it. The contrast makes you very aware of, of what you're in at that time. Yeah. If that kind of makes sense. Makes total sense. Yeah. 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 I'm quite interested. I didn't realise until I came that it was actually just the one level, that the, the kind of volume of it and the height of it felt like it would be more levels inside, but actually then you get inside and it's just these lovely big high volumes. Mm. It's quite lovely. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that was kind of like something mum wanted to achieve. She kind of, um, she just wanted it to be quite an easy house to, to live in she didn't want to be going up a lot of a lot of stairs mm. um but yeah essentially it's kind of designed as a as a one bedroom apartment is how we kind of looked at it so um you know like there are there are an extra couple of bedrooms for guests but it's designed in a way where um you can almost ignore them they're mm. kind of like down a corridor which has a drop ceiling on it and a little bit out of the way and the 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 car was kind of crucial i mean to beautiful tree other people might have looked at it and said that's a problem that tree needs to go but you've you've really made it sort of central to the house really the trees are kind of a a lovely thing about the site um and there's kind of two aspects that they kind of add to it both as kind of like a visual thing um something to look at but they also provide a really nice light quality to to the house as well which just allows us to kind of like have as much north facing glazing as we do have there's this kind of like quite nice dappled light that comes in with the with the overhanging tree throughout the day Mm, so you've got this this big sort of tall expansive glazing here which looks up into the tree Mm. but if that tree wasn't there it would just you'd cook yeah, it's essentially, like it mm. kind of just regulates um, a, a lot of the kind of like the light and the heat in this space. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, you were talking before about it sort of almost being like a conservatory feel in here. 
Yeah, so so one of the things we were trying to achieve with the, this house is um, the, the dining room um, to kind of uh, feel like it's sat in the garden. And so we've designed it essentially as a conservatory, um, having glass on three sides, um, which gives you this um, gesture of being in the garden rather than looking at the garden. Nice. and But you then you connect really nicely through the Altham bifolds. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And just got this really lovely intimate relationship with, with the outdoors. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the main gesture in the space is definitely like the fixed glazing that kind of looks out to the north. And, and the courtyards are kind of like these experiences that almost slide off to the side. They're not mm-hmm. the main kind of gesture or the main kind of um, orientation of the space. Um, but yeah, so it, it works really nice as, as a kind of like a combination of um, fixed and opening glazing. Mm. How did you want the house to feel? What, what did you want to feel when you walked in? I, I mean, I, I wanted the house to feel familiar. Like, it, it was a really interesting project designing um, for your mother and, and knowing them quite well. And a, a lot of what we were trying to do was, was just to get it to feel like somewhere where she belonged. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't a, a house or a space that was necessarily trying to... Um, impress anybody it was it was it was more about this kind of like this this feeling of belonging and and with that came kind of like a little bit of um, you know like nostalgia in the past and and so we were were trying to get this place to feel like it had been here for a while um, even though obviously it was a a new build. Mm. So that's where some of these details like the the skirting boards which um, uh, probably, you know, sort of almost reference sort of old bungalow or Edwardian type touches and the, the timber hand pulls in the kitchen and that sort of stuff. Yeah, so the, the, the detailing in it, it's, it's quite crisp, um, but there's definitely a, a, a twist on things. Mm. Um, and so the, the skirting birds, for example, come from like a, a, a Lippincott house from... I don't know, like a hundred or so years ago, the the sills in the house are all planted and you know forty by forty and a little bit old fashioned. But we've kind of we've stretched everything, um, and then kind of contrasted that detailing with you know like jib rolling into windows. So there's kind of like there's a crispness that almost makes you aware of kind of like um, a little bit of the fussiness that runs through the house as well. But it all kind of like um, it seems to marry up quite quite nicely. Mm. You built it pretty economically as well though so and I mean it was you know coming on four years ago and, and costs have obviously accelerated since then but but I'm still surprised by what you did it for at the time what how did you do that what are some of the things that you pulled through to make that happen at, at the time it was definitely a very kind of like e- efficient build um there, there's some principles that kind of have been running through a few of my projects which um really relate to kind of just the form which we use in projects and and this one here is it's based on a gable essentially and so it's all um, prefabricated trusses um, tin roofs um, and then within that you're just trying to find these moments of kind of like poetry and delight and so you're, you're trying to kind of like um, you know cheapen down the, the places where you kind of like you don't spend much time and then spend the money where you kind of like you do spend your time um, and so in this one Um, It's definitely kind of like this, you know, dining room space where everything kind of flicks up and you start getting the the scale of the the space and the awareness of the the trees around you. Mm. And her bath. She got her bath. Yeah, the bath's great. With her skylight above. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, the, the, bath's, the bath's a really great experience, actually. Like, it's, it's a really lovely room, and it's just got a really nice light quality to it, both, um, you know, during the day when you kind of get the dappled light coming through, um, and then the evening when you kind of get, like, you know, like a little bit of, like, the moonlight and the, and the starlight. It's just got a really great feel to it. Mm. So you moved in a year next door, what, a year later, a year, 18 months after your mum moved in here? Yeah, yeah, it was, about, it was about a year later. Just in time for, for lockdowns? Yes. How's that, how's that experience been, sort of having a family compound? Oh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's been amazing, actually. Kind of, um, you know, having, having somewhere where um, Walt, can, Walt, our son, can kind of run between houses um, and, and having kind of like someone next door who can kind of pick up a bit of the babysitting slack when you're um, trying to get some work done. Um, it's, it's, been, um, yeah, it's been a dream. But then you're not you're not living on top of each other. Yeah, it's the the houses do feel quite distinct. They've got a relationship, but but they they don't feel like they're slammed up against each other or, or overlooking each other. They're definitely um, intentionally quite different and quite separate. Um, and so they both kind of are trying to create their own worlds that they exist in, um, and then you know they just exist beside each other is the thing. So, mm. what were you most nervous about with this place? Um, well, it was, it was like a really, really early project in, in my career, and so, well, my solo career. Um, so I was kind of, I was, I was nervous that it wasn't, it wasn't going to be good, is pretty much <laughs> it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you just... And as it went up, did that, did that ease? Did you stay, like, at what point did you go, no, this is, this is, this is a really lovely house, I'm oh. happy with this? Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of you, you kind of know in my world, like you kind of like you draw these things and you, you kind of walk around them and you kind of understand them enough to kind of be like, oh, this this kind of work and it does what it needs to do. But there's always things in projects where you kind of like, um, you know, you, you're putting 3.6 meter high windows in, in, a, in a wall from floor to ceiling, wall to wall. And you have a few kind of like sleepless nights, kind mm. of like... Um, wondering whether it's the best idea you've ever come up with and so um yeah but but overall it kind of like it's got it's got a really great feel to it and a really and a really great light quality I, th mm. I think that's the thing you kind of you you can never really comprehend in the design stage is kind of like um you, you can intellectualize what something is but you can never really kind of understand the the poetry or, or the kind of like the light quality that's going to exist in it so it's a really pleasant surprise when it got built Mm. What are you most proud of? There's a couple of things. I, 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 think, I think the house sits on the site really nicely. Like it feels like it, it belongs on the site and it feels like it belongs in this part of town. But it also feels like a house where my mum belongs. It feels like a very natural place for her to be. Um, it just, it really kind of, um, it feels like an extension of, of who she is. And that was Henry Says of Says Studio telling us about a house he built for his mother in Onehanga Tamaki, Makoto. Thanks for joining here and Altham as we explore these great New Zealand houses and chat with the architects who brought them to life. We'll see you next time.